You're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Putnam. I'm joined today by Chris Tosico, the founder of the strongmail.com. And right now, Chris is currently in week three of lockdown in New York City. And one of the things that Chris and I have a lot in common is we're both dads and we're both trying to be the best version of those things that we can be, as well as husbands. And right now, when everybody's locked down and quarantined and pushed up on each other, it's kind of easy to want to just slouch off and ride out the wave. But, you know, as a husband and a father, you don't have those options. So, Chris, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, nice talking to you. Yeah, nice talking to you, too, brother. So, life in New York City has been in the news quite a bit. You know, I don't watch the news outside of Googling the weather, but it's like everywhere you turn, you're, think, you're hearing about these coronavirus epicenters, which is New York, L.A., you know, the big cities where people are kind of piled on top of each other. And so what I'm seeing here down in the south is, you know, very different than what you're seeing up there. So how's life been these past three weeks? That, um, so, yeah, we're about 50,000 positive cases here in the city right now. Um, just for some context about where I live, I, I live in Staten Island, New York, which is one of the five boroughs of New York City. Uh, we're the most suburban um, area of New York City. So when you think of New York City, you think of Manhattan, you think of the big buildings. That's not where I live. We're single family homes um, in a sort of a suburban area. It's still 500,000 people. Uh, so it's, it's, it's more densely populated than where you would live. Uh, but it's more of the suburbs than anything else. Um, look, it's rough. Um, I can give you 10 names probably of people I know who've tested positive at this point. Uh, you know, I know people who have family members who've passed away. Um, it, it's, it's affecting us here and it's growing every day. Um, you said the news. Um, I try not to watch the news either at this point. I do watch our governor. He gives a press conference every day. I try to watch that just to know what's happening, if there's any new closures happening. Um, but other than that, I try to keep the news off. I, I learned my lesson last week when um, my son got nervous when I was leaving the house. He's five. Um, I had to go to the store and he, he got scared because we had the news on way too often. Um, so that made me say, you know what? This news is not going to be on this TV again. He doesn't need to see what's happening out there or you know, get nervous or anything. He was crying like when I was leaving the house saying, don't go, don't go. Um, and I don't want him to start living like that and be afraid of going out. So um, that day we went for a long walk when I got home. So he saw that the world is safe and I'm here to protect them. So. Yeah, it's difficult uh, with kids. You know, I try, you know, my, I've got teenagers in the house and they know what's going on, but the youngest is my daughter and my youngest son, and they're five, seven. My daughter, uh, she's the youngest in school because, you know, my youngest had a, a very late birthday. Mm -hmm. And uh, she misses going to school, but with doing the distance learning, they use things like Zoom and he talked to her classmates. And she's enjoying it, 
But as far as the way the virus is affecting anything or uh, anything like that, I don't think she really has that much of an understanding of it, which is fine by me. You know, uh, you know, as a dad, we want to protect our kids from that. And, you know, I, I can't even imagine how hard that was trying to, you know, assuage your son's fears of being worried that, well, dad's going to go out and he's not going to come back. That's, that's rough, especially when you're living like that. So, I mean, outside of, you know, keeping the news off, what kind of things are you doing to keep your, uh, you know, your kids' attention away from that kind of thing. Yeah, so we're trying to keep a schedule as much as possible. So we have the distance learning thing going on too. Um, you know, they don't have to, you know, they do Zoom calls occasionally and there's set times that they have to be there. But other than that, they just have to log in during school hours and get the work done. Um, so, but still, you know, so they can wake up at 10 o'clock if they wanted to and do all the work and then but we're making sure that they wake up at the normal time, they get dressed, they brush their hair. It's a normal day, you know, it's a normal school day. And that routine I think is so important for them uh, to keep. My daughter's 10, uh, she misses school, she enjoys school, she misses her friends. She's on FaceTime talking constantly to her friends anyway. But um, my son though, he's five and he, uh, he just likes to be home. So he, you know, he doesn't mind as much missing school. Although he did get a FaceTime call from one of his, from a little girl in his class the other day, which it's a funny story. He was, he was, had no shirt on because he likes to walk around with no shirt on, you know, it's a boy. And uh, as soon as that happened, he's like, hold on, hold on. He ran upstairs to put his shirt on because he was embarrassed about it. Um, so the routine is really important. They get their schoolwork done. Then I try to take them out as often as possible. Um, not to stores. I don't want them to be around people. Um, I mean, everybody here is wearing masks at this point anyway. Um, but so we go hiking, we have hiking trails around here. We try to take them a couple times a week. Um, we try to, we walk around the neighborhood as much as possible. I mean, that's really all you can do. You know, the playgrounds are now officially closed. Um, they were open for a while, which I wouldn't take them anyway when there's a hundred kids running around sniffling and touching everything. Uh, but people were doing that. So they closed those too. So, um, that routine it's keeping the bedtime that's important too um you know again there's not much we can do we were used to going out a lot going out to get pizza going out to you know david busters wherever which we obviously can't do now um but um and try to keep screen time down as much as possible too you know they have their ipads they you know they love playing games but it's much better to be outside than to do that and the weather's starting to get nicer now so we'll do more of that <coughs> yeah we're, we're kind of on that same thing here uh with i don't think any of my kids outside of uh my 16 year old have left the property since this all thing this thing all went down um it's not so much that we're trying to completely shelter them but we've got kids in the neighborhood that play with you know we live in a, a suburban area around an old mill that was built back in the 30s mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a mill hill type neighborhood um but my 16 year old he still has to go to work i pick him up and drop him off but they've cut his hours down to like four hours a day for three days a week and so 
we, we try to keep them out of the cabin fever kind of feel. We've got maybe an acre here that's all fenced in they can run around on. Obviously, they've got plenty of chores they can do around the yard and the house between cutting trees, working the garden, keeping the lawn maintained. But they, they've spent a lot of time, you know, my, you know the teenagers, they have uh, what's that, Xbox Live, and they chat with their friends, play with them, that godforsaken Fortnite. Uh, uh, as a note, if I ever become a billionaire, I'm going to buy Fortnite and deactivate it just to piss every teenager off. <laughs> my, but my kids play too, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we're like you. We're, we try to keep a schedule with them. They get up early, they still go to bed at the same time. One of the things that we try to make them do is get them dressed. You know, my wife, when she gets up, she does my daughter's hair, just like she does every morning before school. She'll comb it, straighten it, curl it, put a flip or, you know, a curl or a braid or something somewhere and do her up nice like she's getting ready to go out. And then she'll say, okay, breakfast time, laptops open, schoolwork, after school, you know, they'll, we're in the middle of schoolwork. We'll, uh, what's really cool is our school district has been uh, keeping the, school lunches by bringing them to the bus stops and so so we can keep that sense of transition and normalcy they'll leave they'll go to the bus stop to pick up their school lunch they'll come back i mean it helps with us too because that's just less groceries we have to go through uh especially when people are panic buying everything yeah but we would have we would have to go to the school they'll come back and they'll <laughs> yeah well they have that option here too but fortunately the school buses are running routes and giving uh, the school lunches to all the kids but you know then they'll have like a little miniature picnic for their school lunch back to their school work and then they'll uh have like an hour of just straight reading time and then some quiet time to just chill and relax and then we do pt you know we'll take them outside 45 minutes of organized pt wow. burn that energy you know sweat run jump whatever and then it's kind of like a normal day after school of that, but just trying to keep that level of normalcy for them, I think is more for uh, not only their sanity, but mine and my wife's as parents, because yeah. we can't have it be a free for all. We've got seven kids in the house, so. Yeah, I mean, part of it too for me is, um, I want them to see us, my wife and me, um, my wife and I, acting normal as well which means like we're not walking around in our pajamas all day even if we're not doing anything we get dressed too you know um uh because they should see that too i mean I, I can't imagine sitting at home looking like a slob all day like i don't think that helps and especially if you're trying to get work done like you just want to set the tone by dressing like you know and i'm not talking dressing up i'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt but you know um i see parents or adults sometimes when i go to the store wearing pajamas and slippers. Like I, I couldn't imagine like going out like that. Um, so I get dressed in the morning, like as if I'm going somewhere, even if I'm not, my wife does too. Um, you know, again, it's all part of that normalcy, like you said, because this is not a normal situation right now. This is weird. You know, they know something's up. Uh, you know, if I sneeze, my daughter says Corona, <laughs> you know, um, so they know something's up. I don't know if they know exactly, you know, that 1,500 people in New York City have died so far. Um, 
you know, I don't, they don't have to, they don't know all, all those details. I look at it. I need to know. I want to know what's happening. Um, but yeah, trying to keep as normal as possible. We still take out, like order out food, food sometimes like we would normally do. Yesterday was my wife's birthday and uh, usually we go out to eat. We'll do something for her birthday, which we can't do now because the restaurants, you can't go eat in restaurants right now. Um, but I ordered out, I ordered from one of the local restaurants, a whole full meal, uh, which we had, uh, spent way too much money for it, but it, you know, it was worth it. Um, again, cause that's something normal we would do. We take out food, you know? Um, and I don't know when it's going to be over, you know? I mean, school's supposed to go back April 20th. That was the original date. I can't imagine that that's going to happen. Um, you know, I'm assuming that the school is going to be canceled for the rest of the school year. So I'm assuming we're going to be like this for a couple more months, actually. Which is fine. Look, I, yeah, I'm lucky. Kind of... <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky yeah. in the sense that it's a good way to look at it. I'm lucky in the sense that like there are a lot of people hurting. There are a lot of people who've lost their jobs. Um, you know, uh, I haven't. I'm not going to lose my job. Um, I I work from home. Um, and it's sporadic, so it's not like me sitting in front of a computer working all day. But I'm on call all day. Um, so I'm lucky in that sense because I know people are hurting for real. Um, and it's going to, you know, you know, I know mortgages and rent was due t two days ago. And some people can't pay that. And that's, you know, it's only going to get worse for a lot of people. So, you know, I'm, I've lost some income from my personal training business because I can't go to do personal training right now. But, um, you know, I can't worry about that right now. Um, and I'm going to count my blessings for what I do have. Uh, Cause I know a lot of people have it worse right now. Yeah. You know, I work a nine to five still. Uh, I was furloughed over a week ago. Um, and they're projecting three weeks, but they don't know. Uh, mainly because the job that I have is, uh, involves a lot of export overseas to Europe yeah. and if that's all shut down there's nothing we can do uh, we also you know rely on a lot of imports so we don't even have the materials you know and besides that I'm in the automotive industry and no one's buying luxury cars yeah. you know during the coronavirus pandemic so uh, fortunately you know like you I, I also work from home uh, with my uh, own company and with my writing and things like that so got more than one stream of income which is great and so i think that's the only thing that you know kind of throws it into my younger kid mind that something's up is dad's always home now yeah you know and when it first all kind of went down i had the uh idea that i'm gonna have to double down all my efforts on my home businesses uh just to keep and try to make up any income that I'm losing for my nine to five because while we're still going to get, uh, you know, was it, the unemployment benefits, I'm not getting hardly any of that because I have other sources of income. Right. And so it's all on me. And the, that can be a little scary, but we try to stay on top of our finances, keep everything paid up a few months in advance, just in case something happens. And just so happened it did. Yeah. We've got a little bit of a wiggle room. But still, as a dad, you know, and as a husband, uh, especially after what we went through, you know, eight, eight years ago being homeless, uh, having financial troubles is something that, you know, actually scares the shit out of me. 
And so, yeah. yeah, but I can't, you know, just like you, you have to stay calm. You have to be the, that lighthouse that is kind of the guide for the troubled seas out there when it comes to your wife and your kids. If they see you freaking out, they're going to freak out. Yeah, we set the tone, Jeff. I mean, and we know that. We set the tone in the house. If they see us, like you said, freaking out, then everybody freaks out in the house. And you know that well, being the father of uh, kids and, you know, husband. I know that. You know, we talk in the Fraternity of Excellence a lot about being an oak tree, being that oak, that strong um, uh, person who doesn't bend in the winds, right? Um, and, you know, I see this as an opportunity to really cement that um, to my kids, to my wife. Um, you know, they trust me. Um, they know that I'm not going to freak out, um, and that I'm going to keep calm and that makes everybody else calm. And look, this has been a good three weeks, actually. I'm, I'm having fun. Like I'm never, I'm not going to have this opportunity again, probably, you know? Um, so we're trying to, you know, we laugh a lot. We, um, you know, my wife and I get along really well, so we're spending a lot of time together. We're communicating a lot with each other, um, you know, and during hours that we normally wouldn't. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to take this as a positive. Um, I, as a positive as much as possible. Um, you know, because once work, once everything comes back up, life goes back to normal, I think, uh, or as normal as possible. And uh, we'll look back at this and say, oh, I wish I had those, you know, on a Tuesday, I can be home with the kids again and with my wife again, you know. Um, so, you know, it's not all bad. Again, I'm in a different situation than some people who've lost their jobs and I get it, you know, so, you know, and there are, you know, unemployment is the highest ever right now. So it's, it's bad out there for a lot of people. Um, so I, I get that, but you know, we have to be positive and the things are going to get better. Um, this happened really fast and, you know, hopefully things go back to, again, somewhat normal. I don't think the world will ever be normal in the sense of exactly the way it was. And that's not necessarily a terrible thing. I, I don't think, um, I think people are recognizing the importance of family again right now. Um, hopefully men step up the way they should and lead their families the right way. Hopefully husbands and wives connect. Uh, you know, you see on Twitter a lot, um, people posting jokes about like, I need to drink because the kids are going to be home. I, you know, I need to drink more. To me, that's such a bad attitude. You know, I mean, the idea of spending more time with your kids shouldn't make you want to have to drink. Or spending time with your spouse shouldn't make you want to have to drink, right? Um, and a lot of people think that, you know, and then there's like always the conversation. Are we going to see a lot of divorces after this is over? You know, like if that's the problem, you know, if that's going to happen, there's something wrong with that marriage anyway. I think that if spending more time together, at least yeah. that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I've noticed in the weeks that I've been home, well, a little over a week now that I've been home, my wife and I, and this is really weird to say, uh, my wife and I haven't spent more time together than we normally do because, well, you know, we're trying to keep things normal and ever in, in my house, I'm gone 60, sometimes 70 hours a week, just working. But when I'm home, I try to not be stagnant. And we try, my wife and I have a, a, a little system in place where we, 
you know, we isolate certain hours of the day just for our intentional time together. I mean, we've probably spent a little more time together in as far as proximity goes. Yeah. But I go outside. I work in the yard. I work in the garden. You know, I prune trees. Um, I still go on the errands by myself as much as possible because I feel like I have a stronger immune system than the most people in my family. Uh, just because I'm like you, I don't miss workouts. I eat right. You know, my wife does the same thing, but I still have that kind of a protective feel. Like I don't want her going out there unless we have to. We're going to go out later today to get some groceries. But, you know, my kids haven't left the house, uh, you know, outside of maybe going across the street or, you know, one to work. But even though my wife and I haven't spent that much more time together outside of just being more, you know, you know, as far as proximity goes, I do feel like we've grown a little bit together uh, through all of this. And we've communicated more. We've had the opportunity to talk about things that we normally don't get a chance to talk about very often because we're busy. And even though she's still busy with the kids, still busy with her writing, and she runs a blog uh, for stay-at-home moms as far as cooking and crafting and DIYs and budgeting and all this other, um, we've, we've tried to keep that as the same as possible. But I have noticed we've grown a little bit more together through all of this. So being isolated with your family, you know, even with my kids, you know, getting to be more involved with their schoolwork hands-on than I usually am. Because usually they're all done with that. And my wife handles it by the time I come home. But the relationship with my kids, I've noticed that it's grown stronger than it already was. You know, it wasn't bad before. But having the, the opportunity and the time to take my kids out in the middle of the day and say, all right, I'm going to teach you how to do this. I'm going to teach you how to do that much more than just on the weekends when maybe it's raining or, you know, it's miserable weather outside. We've had the opportunities to you know, really kind of connect with more quality. Even though, even though we've, we've got the opportunity for quantity, more quality time together, just because I'm not tired and burnt out from work. The kids aren't in, you know, a fit because some, other seven or 10 year old said something to Susie or whatever, you know? And yeah. And you, yeah, and you don't have to take them places either. Like, you know, my kids are busy, art well, class, jujitsu, this, or, you know, after school program, this, you know, now that they have nothing to do. So um, there's not that running around that there, that there usually is. And, um, you know, I still work out. It's important to me every day. So I take my hour and a half, two hours in my basement um, I'm getting creative because I don't have <laughs> much equipment like I'm used to, but I, I, you know, I'm still doing it. It's every day. That's part of my life that I can't ever let go because that's for my mental health as well as my physical health. I just need to, to do it. So I do that every morning. My wife is in charge of the schooling, making sure that the kids, she's much more patient than I am when it comes to things like that. <laughs> you know, we just fit together and work well that way that that's one of her strengths and yeah. definitely not mine patience like that yeah now you know, one of the saddest things that i read was that you know a couple of my friends are cops they've seen an uptick in domestic violence uh, yeah. from everybody being locked down on each other and that's terrible 
and another kind of heartbreaking reality of that is there's a lot of kids out there yeah. who go to school to get out of a bad situation and now yeah. they can't. Yeah, but, I've read that too. And that's terrible. Um, yeah. And that's why I say when I ha have it, you know, in, like, a, it, 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 in a sense, I want it to be over quickly just for the, for the sake of those kids and those people that are in, you know, bad and abusive situations. But the other side of it is I'm, I'm enjoying this time that I've got to kind of connect on a deeper level with my wife and connect on a deeper level with my kids. Have you felt any of that? Have you feel like you've grown a little bit closer to them? I know you, you said you worked from home, but have you noticed that there's a little bit more of a connection there because of all this? Yeah, look, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, so my wife and I, the way we've been doing this is we've been trying to think of a topic to talk about throughout the day, a different topic, something different than we would usually, usually wouldn't talk about. Um, uh, you know, I actually got a book like of like conversation starters, which is actually cool. Like, and we just randomly pick one and that's the conversation topic for the day. Um, which again, there's been topics that we would never ever talk about in real life, you know, that we're just like thinking about like, um, and I've learned more about her. I think we've been together 25 years and, uh, you know, you think, you know, everything about somebody and you really don't, you know, there's always more to learn. And I think that's so important for a marriage. Um, you know, I want to learn more about her. I want to learn more about how she thinks and, um, you know, what's important to her. And, um, so we've been trying to do that again. It's throughout the day. It's not like a set. Here's an hour at night where we're just going to sit together and talk. It's more of a throughout the day, you know, um, you know, again, once the kids are done with school, then there's less to do Then her mind is off to schoolwork. Um, and that's over by noon usually at this point, you know, it's not all day. Um, and yeah, the kids, look, I love being with my kids. I, I body slam my son before bed every night because he wants me to body slam him. So on the bed behind me, I throw him on the bed around and wrestle with him because, again, that's what he wants because <laughs> he's, he's a boy who wants to be body slammed. <laughs> um, well, what boy doesn't want to be body slammed by their dad? I mean, come on. Exactly. So, you know, I'm, I grew up in the, I was a kid in the 80s. So, like, you know, WWF, it was called at that time. You know, that's what I grew up on. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Savage, all that stuff. So I dropped some elbows on him over here. <laughs> uh, and my daughter. I think, that, I think that goes all the way back to, because uh, I, I don't watch TV or anything like that now. But I think that goes all the way back to the WCW. Like that was yeah. Big Boss Man and the yep. Ultimate Warrior. The one, the Ultimate Warrior was the one who dressed like a girl's bike, had the tassels on his arms. Yep. Yeah. No, I used to yeah, watch all that back stuff. Back in the day, it? man. Um, so even stuff like, so my son is, um, I watched Star Wars with him the other night. I don't watch TV ever, uh, but he's been talking about Star Wars because it's all over the place, right? And he's never watched it before. So we watched the first, well, episode four, which is really the first one because I don't watch any of the new ones. I wouldn't watch any of that stuff. <clears throat> so we watched that together. Um, my daughter, I went hiking with the other day, me and her alone, because my son's still a little, little and his legs get tired when we hike too far. So we climbed a hill I called it a mountain, but it's just, it's really a hill. I let her lead. She led, you know, led the way up the hill. <coughs> um, again, that's something that we would probably never do because on the weekends during normal times, we usually go out as a family. Um, so I wouldn't get that alone time with her, but you know, she was done with school. There was nothing to do. It was a nice day. Like, let's go out and let's go climb the mountain, you know? Um, uh, yeah. 
look, they're going to look back at this time and say it was a good time. And that I'm going to make sure of that, you know. They're not going to look back at this time and say this was a time I was afraid or, you know. They're going to look back at this time as a time when we all connected. And um, that's our job as fathers to make sure that happens at that time. So, you know, I'm going to make sure that happens. Yeah, you know, there, there, there's a lot of guys out there who could probably benefit from this opportunity. You know, they're not going to have a lot of time with their kids. They're not going to have a lot of time with their spouses. And they can use this opportunity to, you know, coast through it and just wait for it to all be over, you know, kind of just say, you know, go do what the hell ever. Or they can use this to actually get to know their kids. They can use this to actually get to know their wife again or even for the first time. You know, like you said, you've been with your wife 25 years. I've been with my wife about 20. And I still... I'm learning new things about her. We have, like you, we have these random conversations that pop up out of nothing, you know. Because uh, my wife and I couldn't be more different. My wife is an indoorsy girl, you know. She is the if she's going camping, it better be in an RV than me. I'm I'm I'll make a bed out of briars. I don't care, you know. I'll sleep outside on the dirt, you know, rolling around in skunk shit, but <laughs> but. I mean, we're, we're complete opposite, but I think that, you know, we have our areas of strength and I think we complement each other in that. And, you know, we don't normally spend this much time in the same proximity. And, I, you know, I think part of the important thing that we still have is, you know, she's got her own thing. I've got my own thing, even though we're crammed up on each other. I think that if I was not taking this opportunity like you have to spend that quality time and do things that I would normally never get to do with my kids because of just time availability and without having to intentionally carve it out. I think when all this is over, I'd regret it. You know, I'd look back and go, damn, I had all this time to do these. I'd ha I had, you know, all this extra energy and time and opportunity to get my kids out in the yard and you know teach them how to plant something teach them how to transplant teach them how to pot herbs and uh teach them how to cut trees and just the normal things that i would do on the weekend but not so in-depth and can you know continuous as we can do now but you know like you said we lead the charge and we set the tone and if i were to go into this with this whole mentality of I can't wait for this to be over rather than I'm going to use every minute that I've got to be as productive as possible and engage with my kids on a level that I normally don't get to because even the teenagers they get bored with their Xbox and Fortnite and you know they get cabin fever and I don't normally get a lot of time with the teenagers because, well, you know, they're teenagers. They're going out with their friends. They're going to work. They're getting, you know, they're going on college tours. And now is that opportunity that a lot of dads don't have anymore. And I think it's important that they just take it and use it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I used to take my daughter on daddy-daughter dates before I switched shifts. Uh, I used to work a weird swing shift where I only work four days a week. I'd work two night shifts, two, two day shifts. And then in the middle of the week, I could pick my daughter up from school, take her to go paint pottery or things like that. 
but now we can just have a daddy daughter picnic in the front yard. Yeah, and you, you yeah. don't have to go anywhere with it's them no to, to be to be with them, and that's that's the important thing. Um, when this all started, I had grand plans in my head. Um, you know, I'm gonna, especially if you spend a lot of time on self improvement Twitter, you see all the guys who you seem like they're working much harder than you and accomplishing all this stuff and you want to keep up with that. Right. So I had grand plans. I'm going to teach myself a new language. I'm going to write 2000 words a day. I'm going to, you know, I had a whole list of things that I'm going to do. And I was putting pressure on myself. Like uh, I felt like sh shit. I didn't, I didn't write 2000 words today. I fucked up somehow. And you know, at some point, I guess last week, I just said, you know what, I'm not going to put that pressure on myself. Like I don't want the kids and my wife to see me just sitting there, working, doing my own stuff all day and, you know, not doing stuff with them. So if I don't write, write 2000 words a day, it is what it is, you know? And frankly, it's really hard to, for me <laughs> when they're home all day to sit there and actually think and write because I'm getting interrupted every three minutes. Um, <laughs> it's something that they need, you know, or they're arguing or fighting or they, they're always hungry. It's amazing how hungry kids get um, constantly. <laughs> um, so I, I just yeah. I took that pressure off myself. Um, like if I don't finish the project I'm working on, like I wanted to, it is what it is. I'm going to have time to do it. You know, um, I'm making progress on it, but it's just, it's not my top priority right now uh, because I'll get the time to do it um, later on. You know, I, I don't want to waste this opportunity that I have. Like my, I have a friend who's a New York city firefighter who is, um, you know, half of his firehouse has tested positive for the virus. He's, he's probably going to get it. Um, he's living in an RV in his driveway right now to stay away from the kids so he doesn't get them sick. So, you know, I, I look at that and like, I realize, look, look, I'm, I'm freaking lucky. Look, you know, I, I don't have to do that. I, I, you know, I can be with them. He, he's doing the right thing by not being with them, you know, so he doesn't get them sick in case he does. Um, so for somebody like him, this experience is totally different, but he's doing what he has to do to keep them safe, you know? Um, so, I mean, the bottom line is I'm not going to stress. I'm reading a lot, which is good. You know, I'm reading two books at a time, listening to two books at a time. So I'm getting a lot of that stuff done, but if it's not as productive as I thought it was going to be, that, you know, that's okay. I, I'm not going to. I'm calling it like uh, quarantine work porn, really. Like the guys who are doing, you know, getting all this stuff accomplished and talking about it all over the place. Um, you know, if you're, if you're able to do that, great. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I know what my priorities are. And, um, you know, those are that, that's with the people who I live with, my priority always, so. Yeah, I like how you said that. It's quarantine work porn. I like that because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that use their jobs as escapes from their life because maybe there's some issues going on with their wife or some issues they've got with their kids or, you know, even to themselves. And they use work to escape from that, to avoid dealing with it. And I'm willing to place a very large bet that a large majority of the people that are right now in the self-improvement sphere that I've been a part of for a little over a year now are, you know, they don't have anything else to work on, you know, they, or they don't want to actually sit down and engage because maybe there are some underlying issues 
that they've got with their parenting or with their marriage. And they've been, I'll, I'll work on this an hour a week outside of my job and this and that and the other, but now they've got all the time in the world and you know, they're not willing to actually fix it. And so they're using their work as an escape. And when you're locked down with the people you need to actually be communicating and working on issues with, quite frankly, I think they don't, some of them just don't have the balls to actually engage and deal with it. You know, yeah. there could be someone listening to this right now, getting, getting kind of pissed off and that's fine. If I'm talking to you and if I am talking to you, look, you got to use this opportunity to deal with the things that you've been avoiding. It's, you're never really going to get this kind of chance again. Yeah. And part of it is social media too. People like to brag on social media, which is fine. Like, uh, you know, I get it. Um, for me, and I know for you too, like I, I'm, I'm as real as possible on social media. I, you know, I, I talk about how I fuck up just as much as I talk about any wins that I think I had. Um, and I think that's so important to do. Um, you know, I just try to talk about how I do things, what works for me, how I try to overcome things. And if that's good for somebody else, if that helps somebody else, great. If not, you know, we're different. I'm not going to tell you anybody what to do or how to live. Um, I just know what works for me. And, uh, you know, I've had some experience in life to know that, um, you know, I've screwed up and I've fixed things and, you know, and it's not always that, you know, and social media is a weird thing too, because, uh, you don't get a lot of space to write. So you, you know, you try to speak in absolutes and that pisses people off sometimes, you know, like, and I, whenever people come at me for something that I say, I'd like say, look, you do you, you do your own life, how you want to do it. That's fine. I don't care. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what works for me. And if that insults you in some way, that's not my problem. You know? Um, yeah. You'll notice as I've watched your, uh, your audience grow, uh, over the past several months, you'll notice that, that the more you, the more you grow, the more people you're going to find and the more people you find are going to be those that are completely opposite uh, as far as mindset and viewpoint as you. And some of those at, at least 80%, you know, they're stacked up at zero, you know, I'd like to take the uh, Pareto principle, 80% of them are stacked at zero and they're going to th- going to be pissed at anything that you say or do, um, you know, my wife's a stay at home mom. I advocate for every mom, if it's possible to be at home mom. Me too. Uh, you know, I, I would much rather my kids be raised by my wife than by some stranger at a daycare or, you know, you know, even if they're just at school, the majority of the day, they still need more of their parents influence than what they need from an outsider's influence. But under I, like you said, you have to speak in absolutes. And no, I'm not saying every single mom should quit her job and stay home, or every you know two parent you know two working parent homes should automatically just become a one parent working home just because of the coronavirus and now they see how good they've got it with being able to take care of their own kids. But people are gonna you know rebel against that kind of shit. So. I don't try to give that too much thought, you know, I put out content that's relatable to me. I've had, I've had death threats because I said, you shouldn't let your kids get fat. You know, if your kids are fat, that's child abuse. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I believe that because you're, you're setting them up for, you know, 
things in life that are going to be detrimental to their health and their their mental health and their uh, social engagement rate, as it were. Because look, let's face it, shit's harder for out of shape fat people. You know, whether it be getting ahead in life, because people look at you and they see, oh, well, you're a fat piece of shit, so you probably have zero discipline, zero self-control. As an employer, I might not base my, you know, hiring or not hiring of you on the fact that you're fat, but it kind of presents an image of who you are at core if you're just this lazy guy who doesn't do anything but sit on a beanbag chair eating Cheetos all day. Yeah, well, it's a discipline thing, obviously. It shows you're not disciplined in one area of life. Um, yeah, look, that issue is important now. I think people are seeing it with the coronavirus because, um, you know, underlying health conditions, set, you know, makes it more deadly. And obesity is one of them. And diabetes is one of them and you know it's lifestyle you know high blood pressure is one of them so those people are dying at higher rates than people who are healthy um you know even younger people if you if you look at the new york city numbers and i look at them every day they release the data every day they have it listed by underlying conditions no underlying conditions and almost every single person who has died in new york city had one of these underlying conditions and most of them lifestyle issues you know created by obesity I mean, we'll just say it, you know, um, and that should be a wake up call. To a lot of people, you know, because this is preventable. Um, you know, you don't have to be out of shape. There is, it's, it's not that hard and there's help out there for you. If you don't know what to do, you know, um, there's free resources out there on how to eat right. Uh, you know, on how to calculate macros, there's workout programs all over the place that you could do from home that don't take up. 10 hours a week, you know, it, it, the day, everything's out there for you if you have the discipline to do it. So yeah, I, I hear you on that. I mean, that's, you know, hopefully this is a wake up call for a lot of people, what's going on. I don't think it will be because people are just lazy, but um, it should be. Yeah, I've seen this. I look at the numbers here in South Carolina. We've got, you said you've got like 50,000 confirmed cases in New York. In New York City, yeah. Now, in New York City, okay. Now, down here again it's much less densely populated but everywhere in south carolina you know it's kind of spread apart to where you've got these really dense areas and you've got these spread out areas i live in one of the very sparsely spread out areas where i live i've got 800 people in the, in my little village you know um i'm but i'm 20 minutes away from a metropolis of you know two three million people right and we've got right now over 1,000 cases we've had I believe last time I checked it was around 18 people had died from it yeah and like you said the people who died from it have underlying issues and I even see some of these things saying well this person had no underlying issues but he's 55 years old he's five foot five and he weighs 340 pounds that is an underlying issue right the media you won't know, say that, it because they're being nice but yeah of course well yeah you know and, and, and maybe this will be some of, some of that change because you know the whole woke culture and my truth which is bullshit uh and the uh you know uh fat you know fat is beautiful thing You've got all these fat people and you've got all these out of shape people with 
you know, conditions to their related to their health because of their obesity and their, you know, their weight and their sedentary lifestyle. So they're the ones kicking the bucket from this. And so maybe we'll start to see kind of a shift on the importance of being as healthy as possible. Because if this thing is killing sick people, this thing is killing overweight people. Yeah. This thing is killing the people with, you know, sedentary lifestyles. Maybe the fear of death will be one of those things that get them off the damn couch. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm hoping comes out of this. Um, you know, because like I said, the, the resources are there. It's, it's not really that hard. Um, you know, it's not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy to, to get in shape and to have to do no, no, no. it's eat right. But it's, the, the resources are there. It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Right. That's the way to put yeah, it. You just got to be willing to do the work. Yeah. yeah. And I get a lot of crap from people because I always use that term, uh, simple, not easy. Well, if it's simple, that means easy. No dick phase. It doesn't. Because, but those are those same people who, you know, do the, uh, uh, the, the thinking in absolutes and only binaries and things like that. But I've noticed there's been uh, a bit of a downtick in these random social justice warrior crusades because no one gives a shit about them anymore, you know, because now they've got a bigger problem. And the bigger problem is this virus that you hear so much different things about. You hear people saying it's not that big of a deal. You hear, you know, it might not be that big of a deal in a lot of places because of the, you know, density population differences. But now I think a lot of the small petty shit that people bitch about all the time is no longer important. And maybe that's our issue. Uh, we've had, we haven't had enough big problems to focus on. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're our biggest problem is we haven't had enough big problems. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're comfortable. You know, there hasn't been enough. Uh, yeah. We yeah. need, we need a challenge, but, people, especially men. Men need a challenge to, uh, you know, it's not good to be too comfortable in life. Um, as I know, you know, um, and we've been comfortable as a society for a very long time. There's not been a major, you know, you could argue nine 11 was, and look, I was here in the city when nine 11 happened. Um, it was bad. Um, this has a different feel to it though, right now, again, cause is that nine 11 happened and we knew what happened and um, you know, it's that one day, this is an every day, you know, waiting for the next news and waiting for something else to happen. And for me, I, I went to law school. I'm, I don't, don't practice law, but I'm a lawyer, I guess. I, I pay my fees every two years. Um, I've gone back and forth on this stuff where, you know, it's not that serious. You know, I'm saying one day and then the other part of me is saying, yeah, it is pretty serious as I'm seeing and I'm hearing like friends who have it or got it or, you know, or if they're family members. What I'm nervous about, and I've been posting, writing on Twitter a little bit about this stuff, is just the, the government powers that they've taken over these past few weeks. Uh, you know, I mean, prohibiting religious um, congregations from meeting, you know, that's a First Amendment thing, you know. Um, I just the government doesn't like to give back powers that they take. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to get those, you know, take that from them once they have it. And, you know, you know, to me, the Constitution is, is sacrosanct and it's been, uh, I don't know what it's going to look like after this is all over. Um, yeah, I just saw the other day that uh, de Blasio was talking about that uh, some uh, synagogues and temples and 
churches could close permanently from all of this. And I don't, I don't like that word permanently because, you know, we've had a lot of things happen. You know, you brought up 9-11 and I've said this before. I've never, never in my life would I want to see another 9-11 again. But I would give my left nut to see another nine twelve. Yeah. Because nine twelve, everybody put their petty shit to the side, and they were like, you know what? We've got bigger fish for our kind of attitude. You saw a lot more people coming together. But like you said, this has a very different feel, and people aren't aren't really allowed to come together, you know, in a literal sense. Yeah, because there's no enemy. There's you know, after nine eleven, we knew there was you know there's an enemy that did this to all of us as Americans you know, an outside force here. I mean, what's the enemy, a virus, you know, that you can't see that you can't, that attacks silently and, you know, you don't see it happen. Um, I, I mean, I want to get into politics, but uh, I don't think we're ever going to stop fighting. And um, <laughs> when it comes to politics and people are so um, on their side, there's the two different sides and they're never going to come together. I don't think, you know, I, I'm not optimistic on that. Um, but for, again, for me, it's the constitution's constitutional stuff and knowing that government doesn't like to give up power that they take. And, um, that's what makes me nervous a little bit. Um, you know, just what if the world is going to look like politically, governmentally after this is over, you know, anytime you say there's an emergency, you can take away rights. Is that the way it is? Um, you know, that, that's, that's rough for me to deal with. So I, I've been struggling on this, on this issue because this is a serious situation. I get it. And we do need to stay apart from each other because we do spread it to each other. Um, but just the mandates make me uncomfortable. Uh, you know, you know, we'll see what happens. I yeah. Don't know. That, that's one of the things I'm happy about uh, with uh, governor, uh, South Carolina governor, Henry uh, McMaster is he's, taking a very slow approach at locking everything down and restricting everybody and everything. We don't have a stay at home order yet. As far as statewide, some cities have implemented that, but as far as a statewide mandate, it hasn't happened yet, which I find to be very positive. Now I think maybe it will come down to that, but I'm like you, you can only take so much before people are going to say, fuck it and just do what they want to anyway. Yeah. And then you're going to have a power struggle on your hands and it, it could get messy. You're going to have, you know, with the political opinion side of it, it doesn't really matter if you're um, left or right or center or whatever. There are those that are now on the, on the side of saying that, yes, the government needs to take a hundred percent control of everything. Yeah. And force everybody to stay home. And I'm sitting back here going, wait, no, wait, slow down. <laughs> wait, don't take everything. Because like you said, when powers get taken and rights get taken, it's, it's very rare that you know, you'll get them back. Yeah. People are and very so this willing could look to pretty up. messy in the future. Yeah. yeah people are very willing <laughs> to give up their rights. And I've seen it. You know, people getting angry that they see like two kids like congregating together and playing together, you know, um, want to report each other for breaking the, you know, what the government says to do, you know, I, I, to me, that's, I'm really uncomfortable with that. 
Um, look, we have a stay at home order. It doesn't mean like I can't go out. I go to the store, we go drive to the trail. There's just nowhere else to go really. Cause everything else is closed. Uh, but I'm not getting pulled over if I'm driving or anything like that, you know, um, not yet, at least. <laughs> no one's asking me. Well, for some, my people some people yeah. are. Some people are. Yeah. Some, some people are getting, some people are getting pulled over and you know, where are you headed? Yeah. So that's. Oh, well, if, if I'm, if I, if maybe if I'm just out for a drive and I'm still in my damn car, I'm, I'm social distancing myself until you came to my window. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm uncomfortable with but, that because people are seem so willing to give up everything, you know, and say, Hey, the government said we can't do it. We can't do it. And I'm going to report you for doing it. If I see you, you know, and that's, you know, um, yeah, see, I, I read, um, Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago yeah. and that's kind of what, yeah, you know, that's kind of, you know, one of the themes there was, uh, tell on your neighbor. Like, yeah. Stalin had that thing on lock, tell on your neighbor, report your neighbor and you'll be rewarded, you know, and like Nazi Germany had, uh, I think, I think the, the numbers were three out of every five members of a household were informants for yeah. the regime and they would rat on their own household. So can you imagine not being able to trust the people that live in your house, you yeah. know, being able to trust your neighbor across the street? Oh, he's going to call yeah. cops on me because... You know, and it's getting out of hand and, you know, people want to give up too much for uh, a, a little bit of uh, perceived safety. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's, that's an uncomfortable thing for me. Um, and, you know, and that's, that's, that's the wild card. I don't know where that's going to go because um, people are very willing to give up rights and uh, that I've seen. So um, I don't know. I don't know where that's going. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. But uh, before we wrap up, because it's hard to believe it's already been almost an hour, talk about uh, let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what you've got going on right now with uh, the strong dot com. Why don't you break that break that down? Exactly what that is for people listening. Sure. So it's a blog I started. Um, I'm a I've always written and I've always written to myself really. Um, the only person who read it was me and my hard drive. Just commentary about culture, family, fatherhood, marriage. I've been writing a lot about marriage um, lately. And I've never shared it. I've always been hesitant to share what I write. And I finally said, fuck it. And just let me throw up, throw it up there and see if, you know, if it helps one person, my experiences, and I think it's worth it, you know, and I'm telling you, I get DMS now on Twitter from people I don't know say thank you. So, I mean, um, you know, to me, that's, that's worth it. Um, I, you know, it's still weird for me to, to put something up that other people are going to read and might criticize in some way, you know? Um, but I can't worry about that. Again, there's going to be somebody I connect with somebody that sees, Hey, you know, this guy's been married for a long time. Um, it's not always been perfect. There's been issues, uh, but we've worked through it and, you know, and if I can help somebody with, you know, not making bad, bad decisions or, you know, sticking thing, sticking through things that might be bad, but that could get better then that's, that's worth it. So, you know, I'm not on a regular writing schedule and I haven't put up as much as I wanted to. Um, but you know, as things come, I, I put them up and again, marriage is really the, the thing for me because you know, I think about it a lot and it's, um, you know, 
that's been my major experience, you know, uh, 25 years. We met when I was 18. So we've been together for more than half of my life. So, um, you know, I think I have a lot to offer there. So it's the strong yeah, uh, I've read. Yeah. Uh, I've read a lot of the stuff that you put out and it's really good. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, I, I get it a lot myself, uh, with, uh, people who are against the whole traditional lifestyle or even worse, the, uh, the, the angry guys who've been burned by their wives and who any advice I put out on fixing a marriage or working through an issue on a marriage or something to do with marriage in general, I've usually got 50 or a hundred guys. She's going to take all your shit, bro. Just leave now, run. But I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, a lot of the content that I've seen you put out is solid gold shit for anybody who's looking to, um, from a different perspective, see what's possible and realize that they're not alone in a lot of the issues that, you know, they may have had with their marriage and uh, their parenting and their relationships and things like that. So it, what you're doing is definitely good work. You know, I don't think uh, there are enough voices Believe it or not, I don't think there's enough voices in our sphere or our Twitterverse of people who are giving real life actionable advice rather than just kind of a theoretical look at things. You know, yeah, I've been I mean, there. you can talk all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can talk all day about you know marriage and relationships, but if you've if you've never had one work or you've never had one fall apart and then be put back together. Any kind of theories that you would have is just horseshit until it's put into you know play and put into action. So, yeah, that, that's the important thing. Like it's know. messy. Like ma marriage is messy. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always uh, uh, good times, you know, it's, it's messy. And, but if you um, share the same values with your wife, because I think that's really important, you know, like you said, you and your wife are very different, but you share the same values. Like, I know that for sure. Uh, and you, that's the most important right. thing. So if you share the same values with your wife, you can make it work. Um, you know, I, I get it. There are some people who just are never going to get along. And I'm not trying to say stay with somebody who you shouldn't be with, who's, who's toxic for you. Um, but you know, if you can fix things, I think it's the best way, especially if you have kids to, uh, uh, to live. I mean, I've been through the ringer. We've been through it, you know, and it's, it happens. And then we've come out much better and much stronger the other side. And it's, uh, you know, so it is possible. Yeah. And, you know, kind of making full circle back what we were talking about. You've got an opportunity right now with all this extra time you've got with your wife to fix that shit, you know, and a lot of the action, you know, a lot of the advice and experience that you've written about on strongmail.com, uh, I recommend reading it to anybody listening right now. You've got all this time in the world right now with your, with your spouse and with your kids to work on any of the issues that you've had going on. You know, it, some of them may be serious, some of them may be just benign, but, you got the opportunity and there's resources out there like, you know, Chris here, who's 
pouring out 25 years worth of marriage experience for you. And if you're in year two or year five or year 10, you know, hell, I've been with my wife 20 and I'm still learning things. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you've got the time to work on it. So you might as well. Yeah. But don't, if you're don't. not, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you're good. I'm, I'm, you know, if, you know, and like you said, Chris, if, if you're not going to be able to work it out, make that damn decision. But don't, you know, it's, it's shit or get off the pot. You know, if you're going to fix it, fix it. If you're not, if you don't think you can fix it or you just don't want to fix it, then end it. You know, I'm not going to tell my kids ever to stay with a spouse that they're unhappy with. You know, and right now with all this extra opportunity, with all the uh, the rise and uptick in domestic violence, a lot of people are finding out right now that they actually hate their spouse, but they just haven't uh, had the opportunity to come to that realization because they've been so busy. Yeah. So maybe some people now can, and I hope that's not the case for the majority of people listening, but if you've got the opportunity to figure out exactly what you're doing and exactly where you are in your relationship and if it's something you want to fix and uh, something you want to work on or something you just want to make even stronger than it is now then use the opportunity yeah i mean the important thing obviously is to fix yourself first um i'll tell you and I, you know any issues that I've had with my marriage, it's been my fault. I mean, it has been, you know, um, and, and I'm not ashamed or shy of saying that. Um, it's been me so focused on myself that I didn't, you know, pay attention the way I should and take care of my shit, honestly. Um, so if you fix yourself and things still don't work, you can't really fix somebody else. I don't think that's possible to fix somebody else if they don't want to be fixed. Um, you know, once you fix yourself, if it's still not working, then you make a decision, but you know, take the steps for yourself, work on yourself, make yourself the best version, uh, you know, of yourself, um, whatever that means for you, you know, it's different for everybody. And you know, the important thing for me is I'm not going to tell anybody how to live. Cause I don't believe in that. And I, you know, I, you know, everybody's different and you know. You do you. That's always my answer to everybody when they complain about something I say. You do you. Um, but if you want to listen and if you, you know, if you want to hear some wisdom that I think I have, um, you know, I'm happy to give it and, you know, hopefully help you improve things. I mean, that's, that's my goal. Yeah. And, you know, the worst case scenario in all of that uh, is if you fix your shit and your relationship still doesn't, you know, start to get stronger or start to get fixed and you decide that, you know what, I fixed all my shit. I can't fix this other person. And this other person is completely uninterested in fixing themselves and working on it. If you do decide to move on, hell, you'll be one hell of a catch for the next one. Absolutely. You, you put yourself in a much better situation if you take care of yourself. So either way, it's a win-win for you. You're going to get the life that you want either way. Um, if you fix yourself, if you, you know, and again, that means something different for every single person. Um, so I can't say, here's how you fix yourself. Um, but if you do that, you're going to be in a better place. You're either going to have the marriage that you want, or you're going to make yourself set up for whatever comes next. Um, so that's, that's the way of looking at it, I think. 
I agree. And I think that's a good spot to wrap up on. It's probably the best advice you could offer. Um, for those of you, for those of you listening, uh, if you want to connect with Chris, pick his brain of that very large Italian head. You, uh, you can, there'll be a links in the show notes where you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, and also be a link to his website, thestrongmail.com. You go on there and check out some of his writing, some of his work. Maybe you'll find things that resonate with your life. Maybe you'll find things that, and, uh, different perspectives than what you've had in your own. And who knows, you know, if Chris is anything like me, he'll definitely take any advice that you may have that something we haven't considered. Absolutely. I want to hear it. I'm, I'm, my mind is always ready to be changed. If, uh, you know, if you can make a good argument, so. Yeah. And you know, we're all in this shit together, even though we're socially isolated, all us fathers, all us husbands, family men, single guys just trying to you know make a difference in the in their own lives we're all in this shit together so you know there's vast resources out there you could pick from chris has already stated here that he's getting dms from people he doesn't know that he's helped out so if you have issues reach out to chris reach out to me but that's going to do it for this episode of the rugged legacy podcast i want to thank you all for tuning in to the show this is episode 19. Wow. Just hard to believe I've already done 19 episodes. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit like, subscribe on the video. Any comments that you have uh, on anything Chris and I have talked about, you can leave them in the comments uh, on YouTube, or you can shoot me a DM on Twitter. I'm at rugged underscore legacy. Uh, Chris's uh, Twitter link will be in the show notes. Uh, you can uh, make sure you're subscribed uh, on iTunes, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you really want to support the podcast, you can do so by going to uh, any of those major podcast platforms. Leave a review. Uh, whether, you, whether or not you think those help, they actually help more than you know because the higher this podcast gets ranked, uh, the more people it reaches. And uh, I'd like to become uh, a voice uh, and I'd like my guests to become a voice that people can seek information from and seek guidance from and maybe learn some things that'll help them out. Uh, but it's going to do it for this one. Again, thanks. thank you all for tuning in. And Chris, thank you for coming on the show, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a great chat. I've learned a little bit. And a lot of people out there need to hear, you know, more of the uh, the average Joe side of it, because that's all we are. We're just a couple of average Joes. I've interviewed some, you know, some guys who were more successful than I, and, pro and probably some people who've been who, who will continue to be more successful than me. And I like learning from people like that. I like learning from people who've uh, taken steps that I've never taken and been down paths that I've never been down because they offer different viewpoints and different perspectives. And even from, you know, you and I, man to man, dad to dad, husband to husband, there's always something different we can learn. So I really appreciate all the insight you've dropped down today, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was, it was fun. All right. That's going to do it for Legacy episode 18. Have yourself a good one guys. Oh.
Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production. Thank you for listening to the Rugged Legacy podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the content on all of the episodes, especially this one here. If you'd like to become a contributor and support this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash rugged legacy and click on the support icon.